Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All right, film geeks, today we're talking about The Blind, as in the Duck Blind, Duck Dynasty, the Robertson family. So let's talk about it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It. My name is Savannah. I am your host. I do film reviews and film industry commentary. Look, if I sound a little stuffy and tired, it's because I am. I am getting over, getting past a sinus infection. I have two sinus infections every year. I call them my biannual sinus infections, and they happen around the same time every year when the seasons change from winter to spring and then summer to fall. Winter to spring is usually the worst for me because I'm very dizzy and lightheaded for no reason, and it's so frustrating and so annoying, and it comes out of nowhere sometimes. But in the summer to spring season, I just have a really bad headache. And it's awful and it sucks and I can't function and I'm just living on Sudafed and ibuprofen. But this year, the headache wasn't so bad. It was just a dull ache in, you know, the normal sinus infection kind of place. But it just it was enough to just kind of weigh me down. So a little frustrated. I don't like resting. I don't like relaxing. I took a whole nap yesterday. So very annoyed. I don't I'm not a resting kind of girl. So when I had COVID, I've talked a bit about it on this channel. But when I had COVID in July, I slept so much and hated every second of it. <laughs> I am not a kind of girl who likes to rest. So if I sound a little off, that's why I'm I'm recovering and I can't wait. So I'm not going to keep y'all super long because as soon as I'm done recording this, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take care of my body, take a shower, wash my face, brush my teeth. I don't do anything before I record a podcast. Cause once, if I do anything that would make me comfortable, it's not going to get done. So yeah, I'm whole stank recording this. I, I don't do anything. The only thing I might do is take a walk or go for a run, but I'll come back and I'll definitely shower after that, but I won't eat. But considering I didn't go up, get up and walk this morning, we're just taking, we're just, you know, holding off all the things that would make me comfortable and peaceful until this is done. Because if I do it before, it won't get done. Once I'm comfortable, that's it. That's it. <sighs> so we're talking about 
The Blind. So this movie was directed by Andrew Hyatt, stars Aaron Von Adrian as Phil Robertson and Amelia Eve as Kay Robertson. So this is about Phil Robertson, who is the patriarch of the Robertson family, a.k.a. Duck Commander, Buck Commander, Duck Dynasty, a reality show that was on A&E several years ago. And hilarious. I think the show is on Hulu right now. You can access it on Hulu. So funny. It's hilarious. It's ridiculous. Just, you know, rich rednecks, essentially. They're millionaires. And they started from nothing, built the business from nothing, and have been able to maintain it and keep it in the family. It's a beautiful thing. At least I think so. And this is Phil Robertson's story. Kind of, I guess you could say, kind of the foundational story for the family. This is where it all started was his, you know, journey to Jesus in a sense. This is his testimony. So this movie is basically one large flashback. And we start off in the blind. So the movie's called The Blind, right? AKA The Duck Blind. And this is what I know about duck blinds. And I don't know a whole lot because I've never been hunting. Um, I only know what I've seen on TV, what I've seen in pictures is that with duck hunting, you have to be quiet. And this is true in most hunting scenarios. Obviously, I think all of them. But the thing with duck, um, duck hunting is you have to be quiet, hidden, but yet you're lit up. You're in a very bright place typically because you have to be out where you can see the ducks flying. So the sun is out. Obviously the sun is shining down on you, but you have to still remain hidden. You're in a hidden place, but very visible, which is very much the Christian journey in a sense. So I thought it was an interesting little metaphor, but we start off in West Monroe in 1985, Phil Robertson and his friend, Big Al. And Phil, Big Al called him up and asked him, you know, how he was able to turn his life around. And that's where our story begins. So yeah, this is one large flashback, him talking about his beginnings as a young boy, very, very poor, the oldest of four. His father worked in the oil field, so he was gone a lot. And his mom was mentally ill and had episodes, so she was frequently institutionalized. So he spent a good chunk of his time raising his younger siblings. But as it turns out, he knew how to play football. And that football skill got him places, got him through high school, got him into college, and in between all of this, he fell in love with Kay Carraway, whose father owned the general store. So to him, they were rich. They fell in love and got married, had their first child before he even, I think, graduated. I think she was still in high school when she was pregnant, but they were married. And they ended up having three more boys within 10 years, um, Alan, Jace, and Willie. It is about around that 10-year mark where things took an absolute turn, maybe even before that. But he ended up taking up a teaching job, and that's where he meets, you know, Big Al for the first time. And he invites him out for a drink. Hey, let's celebrate your first day. Let's have a drink. And he's like, sure, why not one drink? It was that one drink that really just kind of set the course for the next couple of years of his life of just alcoholism, depravity, depression, um, extramarital affairs. And a point got to a point where it was so bad for him that he ended up kicking out his wife and children. She went to go stay with her sister-in-law, so his younger sister. And that's where things started to turn around for her. She ended up meeting with the pastor, the same pastor who actually walked into a bar that Al and Kay owned, trying to preach a good message to him. You know, what courage that pastor must have had walking into an unfriendly and unwelcoming environment with only the message of Jesus to protect him. Well, this same pastor meets up with Kay and he offers him, he offers her and her children a place to stay, a property that's kind of owned by the church. Well, that works out. They get the house. She gets a job. She starts taking care of her children while her husband, Phil, is living in a trailer by the river. And he's just drinking his life away. 
um, just belligerent, gone, messy, the messy kind of drunk that you often hear about. I think this story might be very relatable and maybe even, you know, triggering and sobering and humbling for anyone who's been in that situation, who's dealt with addiction in any shape, way or fashion in that it starts off cute. It starts off fun and then it consumes you. It takes over your life and it transforms you. And all of a sudden you're not even you anymore. You're just the addiction. It, it completely takes over. But this is true, I think, of any sin that starts off small, it starts off cute, and then it consumes you. This is his testimony. This is his journey from death to life, in a sense. Now, quick disclaimer here. I am a Christian. I've been a Christian since 2006. So I'm going to give you the objective review that I always give you, but I'm also going to be speaking a bit from a Christian perspective. Because this is a Christian film, a lot of my followers and subscribers are Christians. So they're definitely coming to a movie with certain questions in mind, and I hope to answer them. So objectively speaking, the film is, I think it's solid. It it does what it's supposed to do. It's not a masterpiece by any means. The acting is just okay. I think um, Aaron Von Andrian as Phil Robertson is definitely the standout in terms of acting. The young man who plays Cy is hilarious. It's so funny how he's got a lot of his mannerisms down and the way he speaks, that the way he speaks very, very fast, the tone, the cadence. Um, Amelia Eve, I felt like the was the weakest link here, even though to me she had the most important role. To me, a wife is the most important role. Obviously, you want a husband who is a strong leader in a family, but to me, your family is only as strong as your backbone. And to me, her performance was just a little weak. I felt like it was um, overdone at times. I felt like she laid the accent on a little too thick. I don't know who did her hair, but that wig was just not giving. But I mean, she wasn't terrible though. The acting in of itself was not terrible. I think the standout here for me in terms of the overall artistry of the film was a cinematography, but I could be a little biased because I do live in Louisiana and I'm from North Carolina as well. So any movie that's going to be filmed in those two states, I'm going to think is gorgeous automatically on principle. But there, there's something about the Louisiana wilderness that I think is just so different and so beautiful. The, the marsh, the swamp, the river, the cedar trees, like it's just, gorgeous to me. The oak trees, I I love Louisiana wildlife. I think it's so beautiful and I love the way it's captured on film. So think about the last movie I saw that was filmed in Louisiana, um, Haunted Mansion, which was pieces of that was filmed here in New Orleans. They did an absolutely terrible job of capturing New Orleans, Louisiana in general, terrible job. This film, I feel like got it right. And I think they had to get it right because this is a man whose life is hunting being in the woods, you know, being dirty, being rough, whatnot. So that has to, the, the forest plays a major role in this story. It being a place where not only he goes to hide, it's a refuge, but it's also the place where he met Jesus. So the cinematography had, had to be captured right. And I think they did a good job with that. I think the director does a good job himself. The only weak spot here I thought was Amelia Eva's K. She wasn't terrible, but I felt like her acting was the weakest out of all of that. But at at the same time, I I think she did a good job of portraying a wife, a strong, faith-filled wife. A wife that kind of has to lead with hope when she can't lead with anything else. So I did think she did well in that respect. Her acting was just a little bit off. 
Writing wise, I thought this was very well written. I love the structure. I love the story within a story. I think when I think that was the whole point of this because this is a story within a story. Where this is his testimony. So him sharing his testimony is part of the point. And I think that's supposed to be encouraging to the audience, showing just how powerful your testimony can be to another individual. Especially to someone like Big Al and what he's going through in his life at that time. So overall, I'd say the movie is just solid. It's not perfect. It's probably one of the better Christian films I've seen in the last couple of years. And we're going to talk about that in a hot second. So I definitely think it's worth your time. However, comma, I don't know if you'll be able to catch it. This movie I know was released for one weekend, one weekend only. I don't know if it'll be available after this week. So cross your fingers. Good luck. If you're able to see it, I hope you're able. I just don't know where to give you direction. With Christian movies, I expect, and I've said this many times before, message heavy, low quality. What I mean by that message heavy, low quality is Christian films spend so much time pushing the message. They spend so much time focusing on making sure they get the message right, that they don't allow for any nuance or gray. All that matters is making sure the message gets pushed, whatever it is they're trying to say. So everything else kind of falls by the wayside. So even if the message is clear, the acting might suck. The writing sucks. Cinematography, direction, all of the things that make a good movie a good movie sucks. Um, Sometimes your message is not going to come across as clear as you want it to. Sometimes you go in there saying one thing and you end up saying something else. That's art. That's the nature of art. And Christian filmmakers won't allow themselves to be artists. I, I said it. Come at me. I really don't care. But that's the the problem I have with a lot of Christian movies. You always have the same type of people, very cookie cutter, happy, joyful. Everyone looks all smiley. And then your person who has an attitude or the person that kind of needs a change usually is just over-exaggeratedly terrible. It's just, they're just unbelievably bad there there isn't really much redemption and they were they're painted in such a dark light that when they get to the part where they're a good soul or there's light in them it's just not all that believable it's so rushed they don't allow their characters to have any dimension but i'm starting to see a bit of change and i noticed this with redeeming love in 2021 the raw vulnerability that we're starting to see in Christian movies. Because if you don't know anything about redeeming love, you're probably a man. But redeeming love, I think every Christian woman at some point has been has heard, you should read this book. Oh my God, you would totally love it. But redeeming love is about a prostitute, a prostitute named Angel during the California gold rush. And she is a prostitute from a very young age. Um, her mother was a prostitute. Now, what happened with Angel, just going on a tangent, is she was the product of an affair. Her mother had an affair with a married man. She was born. Her father provided for her mother and for her, you know, life of luxury. As long as they stayed at a site and as long as her mother was available to be with him, but he really didn't have much of a relationship with the child. Many times whenever um, he would send gifts to her mother, her mother would give the gifts to the child saying, oh, look what your daddy got you. Well, this all didn't work out in her favor. Daddy decided to cut them off and they had to move out of their, you know, luxurious house into kind of a shack and she had to make ends meet. So she becomes a prostitute. She ends up dying and now she's 
following in her mother's footstep. And it was kind of the worst moment for her, obviously, because she's alone. She's with a man whom she thinks she can trust, who takes her somewhere, basically sells her at a very young age, like eight or nine years old. And we get to see the redemption in her life and not just her redemption, her soul's redemption, but also the redemption of sex in her life, which angered a lot of people. And I tried to make the case, but you know, people are very set in their ways that in order to tell this, this story properly, we have to see the redemption of sex in her life. So that means sex scenes. There are two very big ones in Redeeming Love. And Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's very important for us to see the way sex is transformed in her life when it goes from being something transactional to true, beautiful intimacy and love, an expression of love and not just an expression of a dollar. Does that make sense? That was such a bold take for them. And the movie was just okay. It was very simple, very flat, very sweet. It wasn't perfect. But the director himself wasn't a known Christian director. DJ Caruso, if I'm not mistaken, directed Redeeming Love. He also directed um, Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf and Michelle Monaghan and Taking Lives with Ethan Hawke and Angelina Jolie. So this was completely out of his realm, but his wife wanted this movie, so he did it. Then we had, you know, Jesus Revolution in the Spring, um, Nefarious, and Redeeming, uh, not Redeeming Love, but uh, Sound of Freedom, you can kind of throw in that mix. The director of that movie, one of the actors I know was, is, director of that movie is a Christian. One of the actors in the movie directed a movie called Bella. So he's a known Christian actor. And, you know, Jim Caviezel is a devout Catholic. So there's definitely some Christian push in that movie. It was originally supposed to be distributed by 20th Century Fox, but then Disney bought 20th Century, 20th Century Fox and shelved the movie. So it took forever for the 
um, filmmakers to buy back the rights so they could redistribute it through another company. Angel Studios took it. And my God, the film did amazing at the box office. Showed everybody and their mama up, right? So now we have this one, The Blind. And we again, we're starting to see raw vulnerability. We had in Jesus Revolution where we're seeing Christians in real life. Whereas before in a lot of Christian films, Christians were showing themselves the way they want to be seen and not the way they actually are. Well, we got to see Christians the way they actually are in Jesus Revolution. In Nefarious, we got to kind of see the the struggle, some of the darker sides of Christianity, um, the war that many of us have internally between our sin nature and holiness and righteousness. Um, It gave us something it, it brought hell to life in a way that movie did. And then, you know, Sound of Freedom is all about child trafficking, which doesn't shy away from it at all. And now we have The Blind, which focuses on alcoholism. And we really get to see the dirty, ugly, nasty side of alcoholism. Now, the one thing they don't dig too deep into, and I kind of wish they had, were the extramarital affairs that he had. I think the way they kind of alluded to it or maybe showed him, you know, talking to a woman, but didn't really go into depth. I think they kind of got a little cowardly in that respect. I think it would have been very important to kind of take it to that place to show all of the ways that alcohol can just destroy your life, destroy your inhibitions, destroy your character, destroy your morals, make you into somebody you're not. And they they just kind of alluded to it, but they didn't quite go there. So, In terms of this being a Christian movie, the way they did a couple of things really just stood out to me. The fact that they made his conversion point, that moment, they simplified it. They didn't make it this grand, you know, moment of him being on his knees, looking up, looking up at the sky, tears in his eyes, his hands out like, God help me. It was just a moment where he was like, yep. And a lot of times for, for many people, when they come to know Jesus, the movie, the moment isn't grand. It's not this big moment of dramatics. It's simple. It's so simple. And for that individual, it's such a simple moment. But for everyone else who gets to witness it, it's life-changing. I thought that was very real of them. They could have gone the whole Christian movie route and made it extra. They made it normal. They made it simple. They made it ordinary. Because sometimes it's ordinary. It's everything that comes after. Because I think for someone who is not familiar with Christianity and then comes to know Christ, it's ordinary. It's normal. It's simple. It's everything that comes after that's explosive. And that's what we kind of get to see. We get the moment where he comes to the Lord, he gets baptized, and we get to see the beginnings of him making positive changes in his life and him being a present husband. And then at the very end, we get to see him be a present father which is very important for us because that's what we mostly know Phil as, as the patriarch, a father, a grandfather, a great-grandfather. So I think that moment really was more for us than for Phil. It's something for us to kind of connect to, if that makes sense. So I definitely appreciated the way they made his conversion simple. They just, they made it normal, ordinary. It wasn't climatic, climactic. It, It was just simple. Something else that I appreciated they didn't, I alluded to this a bit, where they everyone's normal. You know, they didn't try to make Christians look super good and super sweet with smiles of joys on their faces. You know, everyone looks like a first lady, just normal, everyday people. They gave a very honest, there's an honest look to the Christian life in here. 
and that it's no different than anyone else's life. It's just lived slightly differently because of Jesus. So I like the normalcy that they give give to it, the ordinary. And then the, the moments of natural dramatics and explosion that's kind of woven in the middle. I think a lot of Christian films just take it a little too far. You know, they want to take how they feel and put it on screen. And it doesn't always work that way, especially when you want to stay away from the artistry of it all. Sometimes when you're making a film and you're trying to push a message that says, hey, sin is the wages of death. You you got to go to the dark places. And so many Christian films are afraid to go to those dark places and to really shine light on them. So I'm very grateful that this movie wasn't afraid to do that. So Eunice, this is the part of the podcast where I answer your most burning question. Is this movie appropriate for my child? Now, I've gotten quite a few questions from parents over the last couple of days, mainly parents of boys. Boys between the ages of like 10 and 14. Is this appropriate for my son? This movie is rated PG-13. At some point, I saw someone say this movie is not rated. I don't know where that came from. So just to kind of sh- shed a little bit of light on a not rating. So the rating system from the MPAA, it's voluntary. It's not required. It's optional. You don't have to submit your film for rating. There's no law that says you have to. However, if you have a film that's not rated, it makes it harder for a theater to take it, if that makes sense, because they're gambling. They they don't really know what to tell their audience. Whereas when you submit your film for a rating, it gives you a rating and then tells you why it got that rating. Now with The Blind, looking at it immediately, I can't see why it got a PG-13 rating, but I can tell you there is some mild language, nothing you know, crazy, you know, obviously it shows alcoholism. It um, shows the, you know, Phil going after other women who are not his wife, a little bit of violence, domestic violence, but nothing that leaves any like big bruises or anything like that. But just him being violent in his home, you know, flipping tables, breaking plates, you know, being rough with his wife, like holding her arm or pushing her against the wall, stuff like that. So, that's where the PG-13 rating is coming from. And also hunting, right? So gun use, shotguns mainly. So you do see in the beginning ducks getting shot. How real that is, I don't know. I mean, if it's real, it's not, I don't really care. But so you do see that part. I think if you have a, it's so interesting that the questions that I've been getting have been from mothers of boys. That to me, there's something sweet about that, of moms wanting to wanting to show this to their sons, you know, just this is about a man who was, who was all kinds of imperfect, who started from the bottom, worked his way to the middle, lost everything, and then managed to get to the top. It's a real story. And I think this is something that a lot of men could benefit from that there is hope, there is redemption. And there's so many movies out here now that when they portray men vulnerable, they portray men as feminine. So I think this movie does a good job of showing men being vulnerable while still being masculine, if that makes sense, which I think is a balance that a lot of moms are struggling with is how do I show my, teach my son to be vulnerable, that it's okay to be vulnerable, but it's okay to be masculine at the same time. 
So I think this movie would would do a good job of putting that in their son's faces and then allowing for conversations afterwards. So that's what I would recommend if you have a son between the ages of 10 and 14, because mainly the questions that I've been getting. This is a good movie, I think, for them to watch, for them to understand that as a man, it's okay to be vulnerable because this is a man who's putting his whole life on the big screen. The worst moments of his life for the whole world to see the ultimate show of vulnerability. I think this is a good movie for men to show that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to show that you have weak weaknesses, that you've had dark times, bad times, and that even when you have those dark times, those bad times, you can still be a strong man. These things don't make you weak. They don't take away from your masculinity. That even in the midst of darkness, there is redemption and hope, and that being a strong man, a good father, and a good man of God, it's a journey. It's not instant. Sometimes you make mistakes. Sometimes you lose everything. But in Jesus, you can reclaim all that you've lost and some. That's the story of Phil Robertson. Man did some of the worst things that he could have done and managed to not just, you know, regain what he lost, but was blessed with so much more. After the, you know, issues with his, you know, alcoholism and he came to Jesus, they had one more son together. They all have wives and they all have children and a couple of them have children of their own. So there are grandchildren and man was just blessed immensely, not just with this big family, but with this insane business and a platform that he's used to preach the gospel. I think this is a great movie for your sons, for those women out there asking who have boys between the ages of 10 and 14. This is a great movie for your sons. Now, anything younger than that, use discretion. I don't know if it'll mean much to them at that young age, but I know for boys who are, especially boys going through puberty, they're starting to understand what it means to be a man. This is great for them. Highly recommend. Want to advertise on this podcast? Check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode. Thank you for listening to me rant and rave about yet another movie. So that was The Blind, directed by Andrew Hyatt. Just to sum it all up, I thought it was a little weak in some aspects, mainly acting. But I think it's a solid Christian movie, if that makes sense. You know, overall, it's not a masterpiece, but for a Christian movie, I think it does very well for itself. So I enjoyed it a lot. Very much enjoyed it. So what's coming up? So we have a $2 Tuesday coming tomorrow. If you follow me on YouTube, you already have an idea as to what that's going to be. And then this weekend, what is the movie for this weekend? The Exorcist movie comes out this weekend, and that's what I will be seeing. I, I'm, I'm trying to um, talk myself into watching the original. I've seen it once all the way through um i've said this before but there are some movies where i'm like okay i I saw it once i don't need to see it again and the exorcist is on that list but i want to see it again in preparation for this movie this movie is supposed to act like a direct sequel in a sense you know some however many decades later with at least one character returning so i definitely want to compare and contrast especially because i'm still mad at this director whose name escapes me it's He has one of those triple names and I am still mad at him for Halloween ends. So yeah, I, I, um, he better do good. He better do the damn thing. He better kill it. I don't care. 
like you you have one shot to impress me sir before because if this doesn't do it i'm never giving you another chance again that's not true i'll probably see another movie he makes but i'm still mad at him for halloween ends so i just need him to make this good that's all that's all i got my killers of the flower moon ticket i'm so excited oh my goodness i've already said that but i'm gonna say it again i can't wait oh my goodness and then the movie that's coming out next week is the taylor swift movie don't have a ticket for that however comma the plan is to see hunger games and that movie is supposed to be re-releasing to theaters next weekend in preparation for the new hunger games prequel coming out in november i need y'all to hold me accountable I am trying to read the entire book. It's the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes before the movie comes out, but I have not watched the trailer. I refuse to watch the trailer until I can read the whole book. That is the goal. So hold me accountable, y'all. And my hope is to do like a video trailer review on YouTube. That's 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 the thing I want to do. I really want to do it. So say a prayer for me that I can just get over these sinus issues and get back to normal life. I hope y'all have an amazing October. Let me know what you're doing for Halloween or if you even celebrate Halloween. If you're one of those people, you have like a fall thing at your church. What do y'all do? Every church does something different. I'm always curious. Um, I really don't pay much attention to what my church does because I don't have kids. So unless there's ice cream, I typically don't attend. I know that's shallow, but I mean, I love ice cream. So there's that. But in the meantime, I love y'all. You're amazing. Let me know what you thought of the movie if you were able to see it this weekend. And I will see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.